Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 979 ESPN Radio begins right now. My boys from Warchant.com, Corey and Ira, visible on my screen. Actually, have football-related things to talk about, guys. That's good. Do you want to just stay in that lane? Just stay in that lane right there. Football-related topics. We're, we're 25 days away. Wow. All we got to do is make it 25 more days, and we're going to be watching uh, college football on September 12th. Well, you Okay, go ahead, Ira. I mean, even you, Jeff, have to feel a little bit better. Uh, the saliva testing seems like a big deal, right? Yeah, it does. yeah, 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 it does. It does. Um, you know, maybe I'm just a pessimist, but I'm holding my breath. I don't like to think about 25 days, guys. That's a long road to hoe. That's no. a long way to hey, go. Hey, we got to take it one day at a time. That's let's right. Get to, let's one get day. to 24. What can we do today yeah. to move on to the next day? To well, make sure me, we get to 24 days. That's let right. Me, let me ask you this, though. Like, does driving into the wall – I mean, I know in, in real life, driving into a wall at full speed hurts more than, than driving in five miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But if they cancel the season, it's going to hurt you just as much as if you believed right now as if you didn't believe right now. So go ahead and believe. Like, enjoy these few days. Like, yeah, like I, it's, You might if be they, able to lie to yourself that way, Ira. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Well, well, I'm going to enjoy the month of August. I'm going to enjoy these preseason practice reports and interviews. I am too. Now that I am doing that, I am doing that. It's it's to what end, but that's fine. I'm with you. I am currently enjoying these reports. I'm loving the fine work you guys are doing on warchant.com. I'm attempting every day on the Jeff Cameron show, wildly popular as it is to stay upbeat and focus on the football itself. So, you know, we're, we're all doing the same thing. I'm invested in that way. Like Corey, 
like Corey can have his suspension of disbelief when he's watching the dragons and oh yeah the fantasy right. land nobody does shows. it better right. yeah but yeah. i can suspend my disbelief you know during college football preseason practice i like Guys, that you can look game of thrones was a fantastic show until the end the last season got away from us but the first five or six however long that was was a great show and Every time y'all mock it, you make yourselves look like fools. Hey, I'm just being a friend. I'm just being a friend. It is a it's an adult show. It's a good show. I'm not into fantasy land stuff, but that one that one grips you. That one grips you and holds on tight. It's okay to admit you're into fantasy land stuff. No, it's no, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You are and dragons. No, well, I and, mean and ghost people or whatever those dr- things were. The dragons were incidental. It was more of a love story. <laughs> Are you playing a major role, Corey? I know they were. They were pretty big. Is your is your D and D group like meeting virtually during all Guys, this? Look again. This is what I'm talking about. You're making yourselves. <laughs> this, how many sided die is that that you guys roll? I'm telling you, I, I, I am in a Magic the Gathering group. But Just that's one. Different. Just one, and it's you know we don't get to meet anymore. <laughs> It's, it's, all, it's all Zoom now. I guess that's what they're doing with Dungeons and Dragons. All these guys have to do it through Zoom. I think they're equipped. I'm going to guess they. Yeah, got they the probably technology. have the technology in their. I'm not going to make that uh, stereotype. Stereotypes <laughs> <laughs> are sometimes there for a reason. I know. I know. <laughs> well, listen, we did get football related stuff. I don't know where you want to begin with this. Uh, I guess obviously the scrimmage is where we start. Um, and, and we all have. Uh, Ways to find out what we find out about what happened at that scrimmage. I do think that um, for the most part, what we've seen so far from this coaching staff is a willingness to be somewhat transparent about what yeah. they're seeing, you know, and I, I'm encouraged by that. It stands to reason given what their tact was in regards to the media prior to the pandemic, right? They were going to let us watch everything. Uh, and they did, they were acting out on their words. They had told us that's how it was. And Norvell in particular had said, he's got, he wants you guys to document, you guys in the media, to document uh, what they're doing and, 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 you know, really, for lack of a better term, the climb. Uh, so I'm sure he's somewhat disappointed that we're not able to go out there and see it. At the same time, I think it was pretty evident in their assessments that, uh, at least offensively, in particular to that offensive line, there are ways to go. There's ways to go. Well, I mean, yeah. is that is that a stunner? Like, people course, keep acting I- like... What did you want him to say? What could they have possibly said that you would have believed anyway? No, no. What I'm saying is that I, I rather enjoyed the uh, them having to confront that very difficult reality that we've all watched play out the last several years. It's like I almost feel like they thought it might be better than what they had heard. And then they got a look at it at the scrimmage and realized, oh, no, it's as bad as everybody has said it is. Because <laughs> by all accounts, that offensive line got demolished. Well, and the problem is you've got – it's not just like they're they're, they're going to struggle, which we expect, but they're going up against a really, really good defensive line, especially if Josh Kando is going to be a, like a, a legitimate big-time college football player, which he might be. Now, it's hard to – again, it's hard to evaluate because of what he's going against in practice. But if he is, if he's the guy that we thought he was coming out of high school, I mean, he's 6'7", 265 pounds. And from everything I've heard, he really loves this coaching staff. And, uh, you know, I think the – We've talked about it before. For some of those guys, especially the brighter ones who 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 felt like they weren't being coached well the last couple of years, that takes a toll and it affects how you prepare. It affects sure. how you play. And so Josh Gando is as smart as anybody. I mean, he's smarter than any of us. I mean, he's a guy who wants to go into medicine. Um, so if he wasn't 
uh, buying in, which I don't think he was, that's going to affect his ability. And then he had some injuries. Now you give him a new leash on life. If he becomes a dominant pass rusher to go with what they have in the interior and Janarius Robinson, who's a college, you know, solid college football player, that defensive line is going to be a bear for really most offensive lines, any offensive line in college football. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's, I, I imagine it's hard to even evaluate their progress going up against that group. It's yeah, pretty brutal. And, and, uh, Kane knows the one, too. By the way, big Game of Thrones fan, Kane Doe. So mm-hmm. just wanted to throw that in there. Um, we know what J-Rob is, and he's a good player. He's a solid player. We obviously know what Marvin is. We know what Durden is. They're both – they can be impact players. Marvin's can be unblockable. Kane knows – and Cooper, too. Kane knows the one where he's still got that potential. He's still got that ceiling that we have no idea where it is. No idea. Like he played pretty well in a Virginia game and then got hurt. But we, and, he, and he dominated, dominated Delaware State when he was a freshman. They're still but talking about him. They, in Delaware, Delaware State might have <laughs> almost shut down the program after that. Um, uh, but but other than that, like we don't know what he can do. So that to me is the intriguing, the obviously the most intriguing guy probably on the entire defense. Because if that guy can get to whatever his potential is and become a an all ACC type player, well that changes everything. That changes everything because they don't have uh, – Robinson's a nice player. He makes plays, but he's not an, an elite player. If Kendo could become somewhat near elite, um, that makes them – I think that does make them the best defensive line in the country, especially considering that most of the country isn't playing. <laughs> that helps. That helps. That helps yeah. a lot. You're not going against Ohio State's defensive line. Or no. Anything. Hey, sorry. Y'all can play yeah. in January. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't disagree. I think – We've all consistently suggested that we think the defense is going to both be well coached and that they're well equipped to be a top 25 defense. And I, and I think that's likely true. I think players are being put in positions to succeed at a greater rate. I think this staff is really impressive. Everything about them every day. I, I love listening to all of them. Um, you know, no matter what you do, when you sit down and listen to any one of those coaches, Coach Marv, you know, obviously – Fuller, all those guys, when you listen to them talk, you really realize their acumen for the game is is very high and their intensity is where I want it to be too, especially for defensive coaches. They're, they're, they're kind of, they don't mince words. They're no nonsense kinds of guys. And Ira, to your point, if you're a smart football player or you've been well coached or you understand the game, uh, you know, it's got to be infinitely frustrating when you feel like the coach is talking to you and previous stints are incompetent uh, or not on the same page. Let's put it that way. That's that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah probably the best way. <laughs> it's to more put diplomatic. It. Some, <laughs> some cases, maybe a little bit of both. A little yeah. dash of this, a little dash of that. <laughs> sprinkling, <laughs> sprinkling some lazy. It's got to be maddening. We all had teachers that we knew we were smarter than, and that can be tough to listen to. And so you had some guys on that side who probably felt like this is ridiculous. Um, you know, one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing. Uh, and so it was sort of fruitless. But I go back to that offense, and it's like it's funny to listen uh, to Dillingham. It's funny to listen to Norvell. I think they knew, obviously, that they, they had slim pickings up front. But I think that they maybe were alerted to the fact that they got a, they got a long way to go. Um, they've got some weapons. But as we've seen before, if you can't block, plays break down in a hurry. That quick well, game is going to be something they have to go to immediately to offset. Now, that's something we didn't see from the previous staff necessarily, always doing a good job of uh, trying to protect their, their weaknesses, right, trying to guard against those. We'll see if this staff can do that. It's, it's going to be tough, especially since they didn't have a spring. Well, and then they took a big blow with Jordan Wilson going out. I mean, yeah. because he's a guy – I mean, that, he did – 
Dude, I've never seen a tight end that looked like him. I mean, he his his shoulders were as wide as like Gadsden County, and so he. I mean, <laughs> that was he, his he nickname just, too. Yeah, Gadsden <laughs> County shoulders. Oh, GCS. Um, but anyway, he. Uh, I mean, he's just a big, huge dude that really could have helped. You know, those tackles now. You know, because I think that's one thing the staff is going to do better. To your point, I think they're going to do a better job of protecting those tackles. God bless Kendall and, and, and Randy Clements. I mean, I think they know football and they're smart. But that wasn't their thing because their their whole thing was trying to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. But when you have quarterbacks that aren't that quick, I mean, you have Bale, you had uh, what's his name, a man from Wisconsin. What was his name? Horny Brook. Horny Brook. Hornswoggle. You got him, who's you know he's you know slower than molasses back there. And then James with his indecision, they couldn't get the ball quick. And then you got guys that are on block just coming through, killing them. So. I think they'll do a better job protecting it, but now you lost maybe your, I mean, you definitely lost your best pass protecting uh, tight end and uh, you know, a grown man. So I think that that's going to make them alter their plans a little bit to your point, Jeff, and maybe uh, go to some more of those quick passing things. Aslan and I had a good idea when it came to the tight end. Um, what about Jalen Goss? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's Literally awesome. there's like a 14 pound difference between him and Jordan Wilson. That's right. Yeah. Um, it look. I know. I'm sure Jalen's trying to put on weight. You can just he's be still, as a blocker, though. He he's not the athlete. Well, that's can't. of course not. But like, you, as long as he can run straight for 12 yards and catch like one ball every couple of games, so they don't assume every time he comes in it's a running play. Yeah. He can be your extra blocker because he's a tight end size. That dude. Yeah. Cannot put on weight. He is not going to play offensive line at this level. He can't. He's not big enough. So, but move him to that tight end where he can be a, a you know, a, another glorified six lineman. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my idea. I've already texted it to Norvell. He hasn't gotten back to me though. I mean, if you, if, and again, I know we're all overly optimistic. I get it. And you know, we haven't seen them coach a game. We haven't seen all the warts. Uh, we'll, we'll find reasons to, to criticize this staff, just like we have every other staff. But I do think you, you, if you're an FSU fan, one thing I think you could, could cling on to is this is a coaching staff that's been very uh, experimental, very willing to adapt. Uh, it's not necessarily an offense that's strictly based on this is what we do. You know, again, I mean, I, so much of what we talk about and refer to is Jimbo because he was here for 10 years, but that offense was, was the offense, no matter who he had, uh, they were going to run that. I mean, you know, he could adjust some things, but in general, he needed to find guys that could fill the roles he wanted in that office because he wanted to do everything. I do feel like this is a staff that will be able to adapt, maybe not on the fly, um, but definitely more willing to adapt than uh, we've seen recently anyway. I want your thoughts when we come back, gentlemen, on uh, going live with the freshman quarterbacks. We already have an injury after one scrimmage, and uh, we'll talk quarterback play in general when we come back on Seminole Headlines. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So we, we got some bad news in addition to Jordan Wilson being out for the year now. Uh, that's that's devastating. It's going to happen. Football is football. People get hit. People get hurt. Uh, you don't always have to go live with your quarterbacks, though. Most coaches don't. Your thoughts on the decision to do so, which leads to the Chubba Purdy injury, not nearly as devastating. Looks like he's going to be, be out for a few weeks. One would think if you're going to be out for a few weeks, you pretty much eliminated from the quarterback battle, uh, at least for the early part of the season. Corey, give us a hot take. Uh, yeah, no, I don't mind it at all. Um, I think with, especially with somebody like Chuba, like I get not wanting to make Blackman live so he can get blindsided by Kendo. 
You know what I mean? And is is that that makes no sense. But when a guy half of his um, arsenal is running, when when that's what he does, when that's what his that's in his tool bag, you can't go from running against 190 pound Arizona prep prep players to then okay, here you are against Georgia Tech with nothing in between. Like there's a difference between running and showing your speed in running over someone or trying to make someone miss or getting to the goal line and actually feeling that contact. I don't that he's not gonna I don't think he does it in practice, but in scrimmages, to me, on a running play, it makes sense to make him live. He's gotta learn how to take a hit, he's gotta learn how to avoid defenders, and he's gotta learn how to run guys over and, and get used to that speed at that level. I don't mind it at all with a player like Purdy, with a player like Rodemaker. I don't know that it makes a ton of sense because he's not a he's not nearly but, as mobile. No, I agree with you. But and I think the thing with the guys in the pocket is I think they've been in you know, I think I'm sure the defense has been coached up. Look, man, we're not trying to decapitate our quarterbacks either. Like they're <laughs> yeah, going to be think, live. You don't but, think that like Chubba Purdy being live means that Marvin Wilson can pick him up and body slam him no, in the pocket, right? Like it's no. still, I would assume it's still two hand touches on like. I think it's when he gets back. past the line of scrimmage yeah. and he's yeah. a yeah. Right. It goes. It goes back to you know Mickey Andrews' big complaint back in the day when when Ricks took over his quarterback and Ricks would, would have a non contact jersey and then would start running. He would start running for first downs and make it like, wait a minute, man. Like I, yeah. we get it. But once you start running, we got to be able to hit you. Yeah. And, and so, so I think that to me, that makes sense. And the point, you know, I was, I made yesterday to Corey and Aslan, um, you know, there is something to be learned from that, you know, and that, that was, I remember the day, the person that really tipped me off the most that Jameis Winston was going to be Jameis Winston was Chip Baker. One day I was talking to Chip Baker and he had seen a little from up at the baseball stadium. He had seen a little bit. They had gone live with Jameis a little bit and some goal line stuff. And, and Chip said, man, he goes, I, that dude just trucked somebody. He goes, he, you know, he, I saw him truck somebody at the goal line. And so I started asking around about it. And then you started hearing more and more and more. And this was when Jameis hadn't played. I mean, this is that spring um, before. And Jimbo would make his quarterbacks live sometime. Now, maybe not as much, obviously, right before the season started. But, but again, I don't think. Based on what we're hearing, I mean, in, in, in terms of knowledge of, of a college football offense, I think if Chubba played a lot these first few games, I don't think it would have been as a starting quarterback um, personally. Um, now, you know, I could be wrong about that, but but I think they would have had to change some things offensively to do that. Um, so it, it's a setback. It hurts his development. Um, but, I, you know, I kind of think James is going to be the guy. I mean, whether for, for good or bad, I think James is going to be the guy, especially early in the season. Well, it would appear to be that way, and by all accounts, he's actually so far been the best of the group. So he's he will have earned it. Uh, again, I can I can feel the people rolling their eyes listening to this. I get it. You don't have a ton of options. You know, uh, Jameis Winston's not walking through that door. You don't have a guy. Neither Sam Howell. <laughs> well, you don't the other have a guy. The- and the one encouraging thing we did hear, I mean, I've heard is is that he is throwing the ball a little bit. Of- throwing the ball away. He's, he's not yeah. necessarily forcing and creating, uh, you know, throwing as many turnovers and that type of thing. And if he can solve that, that's a big deal. Well, that's a big deal. I I, I got to see that he's right between the ears when things go bad. I got to see that he can keep his emotions in check. Uh, and I got to see that he can make good decisions in a game. Uh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, one would think with all the experience and now we hope, you know, excellent coaching that maybe, there's an opportunity for him to get to to be an average quarterback, right? And that's I think you can you can win with that. If you rely on your defense, apparently you got a hellacious punter, so you got a chance to flip field position, and you can try to play to that defense and be very conservative with James. 
Um, yeah, I mean, he's good enough. I think that uh, you can get by with that. Look, they're not winning the Atlantic, and there's no divisions this year anyhow. They're not winning the conference. They're not playing for anything other than to see this team take a big step forward, to really get into competition and watch players grow, to learn the offense, to learn the defense. So you can we can all live with a year, James Blackman, if that's what needs to happen. Uh, I do think that, you know, there might be a chance that you'll see certain packages for Jordan Travis, obviously. Uh, but, but you know, it, it does appear now that any thought we had of a, of a realistic quarterback competition in which James Blackman got unseated by one of the freshmen seems to be off the table already. Yeah, I think uh, – but I, I think Chubb – they can have a Chubba package. Yeah, you know, no, I think yeah. And to, to amend what I was going to say, if Chubba had, had – they would have had Chuba running would have to be a big part of the offense if if he had won the job. He his running to your point earlier, Corey, was you know it wasn't like he was going to win it by being a drop back passer. Right. Yeah. It's, no. Not at all. He he could. Yeah. That's. So making know, him live was essential. It, yeah, because you got to get used to it. You can't then just figure out. Oh man, he you know he's he's going to shy away from contact. Now he doesn't seem like that kind of kid. But you have to make him live again. You you have to get hit. You can't go. Whatever that would be, thirteen months or nine months, ten months without getting tackled at all. And the last time you were tackled was from some slappy in Tucson, some seventeen-year-old from Tucson. When you're going up against ACC teams, you can't. When that's part of your game, and it's just, hey, Chubba, man, you what are you injury prone? <laughs> what is this? Oh, sorry, they're not. Sorry, they're not 160-pound weaklings from the desert state. I assume that's Arizona's nickname. I don't know Arizona's nickname. <laughs> the, de- I, I, the desert state. Yeah. Sure it's the Come desert here to state. die. Yeah. 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 So great, man. What? You can't take a hit now. I think it's the Come tumbleweed. The tumbleweed let's, state. Let's dust up, Chuba. We can't be having this, man. The cactus state. What? Do you know, that might be the is? cactus state. It might be the cactus state. Uh, look it up. Great Canyon State. I've already started, guys. You keep right. talking. <laughs> Let's keep I'm just coming up with uh, different nicknames. The fine uh, state of Arizona, but uh, but as far as uh, yeah, as far as James goes, and, and we've we've all gone back and watched Memphis. It's not like they had a superstar quarterback. They beat some no, good teams man. with really average. That quarterback guy was play. not impressive at all. He doesn't do anything. Maybe he reads defense as well and gets them into the right play, which is a huge part of the position. But physically. He's not impressive at all, whatever that guy's name is. There's a few things, few things here, guys. It's the Grand Canyon State. Okay. Hey. All right. Yeah, and they also have a uh, – would you like to know anything more about oh, – here you go, guys. Here we go. It's the Grand Canyon State. Do you know when they became a state? When did they achieve statehood? Mm. I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to say 1897. I'm going to say 1904. 1912 is the answer. Ooh, Ira gets the okay. nod there. By the way, they were the 48th state. Oh man, they got late. They're late in the game. Late, late in the game. Do uh, we? Do we? Like, you think that was kind of like like a lukewarm decision? Like, they're <laughs> like, hey, we'd like to be a state, and the other states are like, I don't know, man. We got forty-seven, but we'd like to have an even number, I guess. We'll we'll Arizona, we'll, and what we'll, are we gonna do? Hawaii and Alaska are pushing. We'll push them off later. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. How, how cool would it be if like there was just this plot of land in the southwest of this country <laughs> that was just a territory? We're not recognizing yeah, it. Yeah, we, we don't recognize it at all. It's 140 degrees. <laughs> it's got cacti and gila monsters. By the oh, way, the what, state, let's make that a state. By the way, the state motto is Detot Deus, which means God and riches. Okay. Also, their uh, state colors are blue and gold, and uh, their state butterfly is the two-tailed swallowtail. Oh, that's so, your know, favorite, Ira. That's your yeah. favorite butterflies. 
Can anybody name what the state bird is? I mean, uh, the Roadrunner? Dodo? The Cactus Wren, of course. It's the oh, Cactus, cactus Wren, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. They also have a, a state, uh, an official state neckwear. And that is the, the bolo, bolo tie. tie. Yeah, you looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, didn't, I didn't look it up. You didn't look it up. You just, just knew it. Yeah, What other neckwear would they Either that or a, a kerchief. So this is the this is the uh, this is the segment in which we disparage all things Arizona. My, hey, my um, mom my mom lived in Arizona. My mom and one of my sisters lived in Arizona for a long time. But uh, that's where you uh, got that bolo tie knowledge from. No, no. <laughs> but uh, my mom also had a drinking problem, so that might explain that. Something. Might explain all that. Yeah. It's yeah. also apparently a little more racist than you would think out there. Really? Oh yeah. well, that sheriff. They had the crazy. Yeah, that sheriff, sheriff was crazy. So, it's not, uh, uh, by the way, uh, you remember the Public Enemy song by the time I get to Arizona. That true, tipped, true story. That tipped you off back in the <laughs> yeah, 80s. I didn't, hey, no, that was, that's a deep cut, man. I didn't know that. I didn't know that <laughs> yeah. Public Enemy song. Yeah, they, they were like the last to acknowledge Martin Luther King Day. That's, I, that's right. That's yeah. right. I remember Come that. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Let's yeah. get with our history here. Let's go. Let's go. Seminole Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. All right, so we move on from the quarterbacks. Looks like it's going to be James Blackman which nobody's going to be inspired by. Uh, but hey, that's just the reality of the situation. I'm not ripping him, whatever. I how, many, how many How many different – what's the over-under on different people that take snaps at quarterback slash wildcat this year? I'm three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, that's good. I was going to say three, but that felt low. Yeah, three and a half is the number. What are we going with, Corey? Yeah, I think because I think they're going to be – yeah. If you're talking about like a snapping it to Terry or snapping it to – Corbett or something. Yeah, I think it's definitely over three. I mean, three and a half is a good number, but I, I'd take the over. All right. I like that I set that number like a true gambler would right here. How, for how cool would it be if it was just one? Like literally <laughs> nobody else took a snap all season. But that James would be cool. I don't want to see that. I don't, that wouldn't be cool at all. Be like the old days with Jimbo. Like you go to practice, even in like the five minutes we got to see, or fifteen minutes we got to see, you'd see like Greg Reed at Wildcat, Chris Thompson at Wildcat. You know, trick plays, and you get out there, on, get out there on Saturday, and it's nope. No chance in hell that's happening, boys. <laughs> Game's too close. They were then twenty-one in the third quarter. Yeah, they did. I remember being absolutely slack-jawed when um, when Patrick threw the pass. Remember oh. that? I couldn't believe it. I mean, yeah, that was, I was huge. Like, it's happening. I can't believe and he threw a dart. Yeah. That was back, perfect. In, back in the end zone. Yeah. 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 And I always remember being stunned. Uh, all right. So what, 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 anything surprise you about what happened or how it's been resolved anyhow? And I guess what are you talking about over unders? Uh, I don't know where to set this or if it's uh, cruel to do so, you know where I'm going. Come on, man. Don't be mean. <laughs> how many more, how many times, how many more times players will go on social media to rip somebody? Yeah, Is man, I'm not, I'm not done with this nonsense. Um, I already hate kids, uh, except for mine. Um, and and I mean kids uh, in college. I don't hate people younger than that. But college kids, except your daughter, Ira, but she's also really smart and wouldn't do the stupid stuff that most kids in college do. Um, hey, that's a fun that's a fun game to see on Twitter, right? Like all the college gatherings all oh over the country. God. It's and it just, just makes you shake your head. It's like, I'm what losing, in the I'm world? losing faith by the day in our, yeah. college, our next generation. But so anyway, I, go ahead. Make your point. You know, my, my point is, I, I don't know how you get past what they just had to get past and the kind of dumbassery that occurred. I do like that, luckily, the team leaders, the real team leaders, stepped forward and made it abundantly clear what was and wasn't true or seems to be the case anyhow. 
But man, I don't know. What do you do? I'm asking you this instead, rather than attack the person, because I've already done that several times over. Um, what do you do if you're him, man? You're trying to establish yourself in year one. You have enough major obstacles to overcome. There is this inherent distrust that a lot of these kids have born out of all of the problems that came before your arrival as the new coach. You're trying to connect. You think you've done a good job. You've you got Marvin Wilson on the same page. you got a lot of other uh, of the team leaders, Joshua Kando and others, Jaden Lark would be, obviously. Um, but you're still going to have some guys that, for whatever reason, the second they don't like something are going to say something on social media. You can't ban it because silencing voices right about now is a bad look. Um, and there are a lot of things I don't like about silencing voices. But you also can't have this nonsense pop up, uh, you know, every month. So what, what, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, you got to hope this is the last one, right? I mean, you got to <laughs> hope. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. You'd love to, you got to hope that, but it's been uh, two and three months, two and now, three months. The, you know, it's, and, and it's like, there's obviously there's several different topics here. There's, there's the social media aspect. There is the, the, whether or not they're doing what they need to do from a safety standpoint. I mean, that was the first concern that day. And I know that, uh, some of our fans, some of our people on our website, I don't know if you, you've gotten emails, but you know, some people kind of came at us as like, why were you so quick to criticize Mike Norvell? And it's like, we never criticized them. What we did say is it's very important that Florida State make it very clear to the, these players that they're going to be safe. That can't happen. You cannot have a situation where the players, if you're going to try to continue this process of having college football – those players have to believe they're safe, that you're doing everything they can. So when you've got three pretty prominent players, well, two prominent players and a guy that everybody kind of knows that has potential going on social media and, and basically saying you're not keeping them safe or they're worried about it, that's a problem. Now it got resolved, but in the day, that day or two, that was a real problem. Uh, and we have been hearing it bubbling up for a day or two before that at, since the DeSantis press conference. Um, so that was one issue. From everything we've heard, it sounds like that's not an issue. It sounds like there's some miscommunication. A uh, player didn't test positive, then he did test positive, and there's questions about whether or not he really was positive. But there's a lot of misinformation going around about the testing process and whether or not guys should have been around other guys or not. So that led to it. Um, but then, then you get to the other issue, which is the social media part. When Marvin had his situation, um, you know, again, Mike Norvell was very publicly um, supportive of Marvin using his platform. And... I think privately, my guess is that people around the program said, look, dude, you can't go to social media with something like that. Go to somebody else first. Then if you need to, then that's fine. But but your first step needs to be keeping it within the team. That's, go to Odell. By the way, that's blanket across yeah. the board yeah. in all walks of life right now. Can we stop that nonsense? Yeah. Be a man. Go walk in there and say, look, man. That's not cool. I think you're lying. I don't think you should have said that. And here's my problem with that. And then if, if it's not answered satisfactorily, you go ahead and use your power in that way. Yeah. I, uh, you know, but then I when that happens, be, I'm not trying to be the old fogey, but Jesus, man, this is ridiculous. And by the way, it's one segment that thought, and it's not even a segment. It's a guy that thought there was a problem who's, Who's well, been a problem in the past? Well, but you got – I mean, Tamari Terry is your best player on offense. And, it's more, and he was okay, he was involved in it too. I'm just uh, saying. He was involved – okay. He, he wasn't I, retweeting it. He wasn't complaining. He complained know, on I, social media about not getting the truth. Correct. So we can't act like there was – nobody had any concerns. And there were another uh, another couple other players. There was another player in another position that tweeted about it and some other veiled comments by other players. I'm just – I'm not saying that Mike Norvell or FSU did anything wrong, but we can't act like it was one guy. 
It wasn't just one guy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, say you disagree. I just, I, I mean, you can look I, at. I, I don't. It doesn't do me any good to disparage the kids. So I'm not. I'm. I'm just. I, I saw the source instantly. Went okay, and moved from there. I, I, I'm glad it got resolved. I'm glad the real leaders stepped in. I'm glad that that what they alleged is simply not true. I do hate that there was the stupid ass dog and pony show with the governor and then David Coburn saying something stupid. That's unfortunate. I understand where players would be frustrated with that. It's a bad look. I thought it was it was all embarrassing. Um, so I'm not discounting that frustration. I am discount, discounting certain certain assertions. It's also it's it is a different time in our uh, well obviously it's an awful time in our country. It's a different time with with voices for college athletes. Never in the history of this country have college athletes had a voice like this. They're talking about unionizing. They're making demands. Um, they're they're sitting out. They're organizing. Like it's it's a it's a different time. I, I and so they feel that they have more of a voice than they ever have, which I As think we should. all think is good. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. That's a positive. But with that comes a lot more responsibility. Right. And sometimes maybe people need to think before they use those voices. And that, that's something that apparently didn't happen. Uh, maybe it did happen. Maybe he thought about it a lot. Maybe he really wrestled over it before hitting send. We don't know. I mean, he put it on, like, letterhead, right? Like, it was all written out. It was fancy. So it wasn't, like, flying off at the fingertips there. Um, just, yeah, you know, it's – it's uh, hopefully it's moved – they moved past it. It's over. Um, like Ira said multiple times, Norvell showed a lot of grace. Well, that's what I want to get back to. I yeah. The original question before we started debating the nuance of this, and there are gray areas in all of this, I got it, is what would you do? Because if you're going to have certain players that may be – this is true of any locker room, by the way. It's not unique to Florida State. You're going to have certain players that are immature, certain players who who, who uh, fly off the handle more, more readily than others. Uh, you're going to have certain players that um, – well, it just this, you, the struggle to, to kind of comprehend what's happening. And, and so when this happens, it's it's got to be um, very, very difficult for a coach because those accusations are very serious. They're the kind of accusations that could get you fired before you ever coach a game. If they were true. If yeah, they yeah, were yeah. true. But the yeah. fact that they weren't true yeah. is it's all the more reason why I would be livid I think, with the individual I think, who did that. Yeah, but well, he was. I mean, that was oh. pretty obvious. He was irate. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think Warren Thompson had to come in hat in hand or yeah, hat in hand and, and be, basically beg for a, a spot back on the team is what it sounds like. And I think Norvell, as soon as he accepts that, or maybe he goes to the team and says, look, there's the situation. Warren has apologized. He called me a liar when he was hundred percent wrong. Um, that's a hell of a thing to get past. But if, if the locker room is going to be willing to get past it, then you got to do yeah, it. Yeah, but you also got to lay like, look, there's a lot of young kids on this team that you don't want to set a precedent that Correct. they can go to social media and call me a liar, yeah. and then you're, you're everything's fine. So you you have a meeting with the team, you look them all in the eye, and say, if any of you melon farmers <laughs> call me a liar on social media again, you're done. I'm not recruiting anybody from your high school. I'm not recruiting any of your family members. I'm not going to let you go to another school. I'm going to run you down. Like you've got to make it clear to them that this isn't right. Two times in three months, Marvin's the leader of the team, and that was that was on race relations. So it was a uh, it was a it was a delicate subject. This is about COVID. It's a delicate subject. Any other subject, playing time, a sprained ankle, recruiting. You're off the team. 
and we're gonna I'm gonna throw China, I'm gonna throw throwing stars at you. Like this ain't happening. Well, I'm done with this. That, I mean, I think you got to get that message across. This, well, this ain't this is done. Three three strikes and we're blowing up the football facility. Two things I want to say real quick. One, this is not a, a like a new phenomenon. I mean, you can go back to Bobby Hart ripped the coaching staff on Twitter after he didn't get to play in that bowl game down in so Miami. Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin ripped yeah. the coaching staff, you know, and then they ended yeah. up deleting him. Now they weren't as well, – They didn't call them liars, though. No, I, I got yeah. you. No, I, uh, Kelvin's might have been a little on that Kelvin's line. Kelvin's was like, he's not getting the ball. But my point is, we're, so that's seven, eight years ago, eight, nine years ago. And so this is not like a brand-new phenomenon. So Kids go on social media. Um, the other thing I would say, but I do think – Norvell might have sent a message without even saying anything to some degree because he was so pissed off. You know, when we had that press conference, I think on Friday, and somebody asked him if he had talked to the players involved, and he said, nope. And he just said, like, nope, I haven't talked to him. And people were like, what? You know, how could he not address this issue? And, you know, I talked to somebody afterward, and they're like, look, man, he's not chasing these kids around. He didn't do anything wrong. You know, if they want, if they want to find out more information, they can come to him. And so I think that sent a message. I think the way the other players rallied around him sent a message. And I also think um, letting him come back can be powerful. It, it, I think some people would say, oh, that's a sign of weakness. Let the guy go. But I think if you show that grace and if, you, you know, Mike Norvell went on camera yesterday for the first time since he's been here and said, I love Warren Thompson. That's a that's powerful, man. Those kids love – I mean, hearing that from your head coach, a guy that didn't recruit most of them – I think it's a big deal. It could be a big deal. Now, we'll see. Somebody could try to take advantage of them. Somebody might see it as weakness. But I think for a lot of players, they may see it as something they really want to you know, support and embrace. I also think if Warren Thompson does anything to get out of line, yells at a coach, doesn't, doesn't take part in a rep, uh, gets mad and sulks because he's not getting the ball in a game, that might be the end of Warren Thompson. Like, oh, I for think, sure. I think that's done. I think he's, on a, he's fouled it, off four pitches in a row. Like, he's on his last strike. Yeah, this wasn't a situation where, like, he – like it was 50-50 from what what, I, what we were hearing, like he was gone. I mean, the, the feeling around the program was he was not going to be able to come back on this team. And the fact, so it's not like, it's not like it was a second strike. I mean, there, there's been issues in the past and he pointed it out. Warren Thompson wasn't even on this team anymore when he came when no Ravel came in, he let him come back. He let him earn his way back in. And according to Mike Norvell, he's been a model citizen since. Um, you know, we'll and see Kelly if he can, if he can do it. Something very seriously. And it, it, you know, it's a, I want to move on from this, but I do. I certainly hope that there is a zero tolerance for this moving forward. I also think, and 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 I know why that you, you move on, but it is. It, I wonder about that locker room. I, I'm, it's going to be interesting because clearly his teammates did not agree with him in any way, shape, or form, um, and and it makes it more disturbing to me than that. I think rather sheepishly uh, or blindly, uh, the star of your team, Tamora and Terry, just went along with it. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's that's also disturbing and would need to be addressed uh, well, because I, well, I, I'm. Go ahead. It goes to when it goes to the big the overall topic with this team and the lack of leadership. I mean, it, when when somebody gets out of line, there should be in any situation, whether it's social media or anything else, there should be dudes in that locker room who were like, "Oh hell no, that's not happening." Well, you I know, think in this case, Jaden Lawrence would be, and Marvin Wilson and Kando and others did. Well, that would be a good I thing think, because on the field, we haven't seen that in a long correct. time. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you think the counter to that, though? Marvin can't get on anyone for going to social media. Just can't. I, you, for, I, you forfeited that right when you did it. 
Well, I would, I would argue I the learned. circumstance. Yeah, you can say I learned, but also the circumstances in which he did that are very different than. What, oh, a hundred percent. I agree, but I'm saying that the the people could be listening to that and say, well, you know, Marvin didn't show a lot of leadership about being a team, being more uh, the team being more important when he went to social media too. Just quit going to social media to call your head coach liars. Just quit <laughs> doing it. Just try it for a couple of months and see how it see how it fits. It would. <laughs> It would have been easier, and I know some coaches can say this, and you could call it a crush, but it, it is easier to, like Coach Bowden used to say, it's easier to cut somebody than to keep them. So we'll see. I mean, there's some risk involved with it, but I do oh, think it would yeah. have been easier to send them packing. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour, and we'll get to headliner questions. I already see some good ones, fellas. We're in good shape here with headliner questions. I don't think they're I, as bountiful as they've been in the past. Corey dropped the ball. I, did, I, I didn't get them. Uh, I didn't even solicit them until about 9.30, which is about three hours, three and a half hours after I'd normally do it. Brady had see, a practice last night. I feel like it was maybe four or five weeks ago where I, I texted Corey around 5 o'clock or 4 Let or 5 o'clock. Let me ask you a question, Ira. Did I get the questions up or not? And where was the text last night? I'm surprised you weren't checking Facebook every got, 20 seconds. Because <laughs> where are these questions? Because I got admonished when I did ask a question. Hey, just making sure. Are you putting up the – and I was like, oh, do I, have I ever missed it? If I ever, I'm still, a, I'm still batting a thousand. It's just that it was that was more of a that was a late inning hit. That was I like still a, got it up. Pasquale Perez saying he showed up for the game. <laughs> We're all right. We've got uh, we've got plenty. We'll get to them. Is there anything else to round out the hour in regards to what we heard from the coaches post scrimmage that caught your eye? I mean, we could talk about. There may be some some surprises in a positive way too. I mean, and talk. I mean, look, we're not shocked that the offensive line didn't hold up very well. Uh, but was there anything that emerged in your mind that is exciting? I mean, I do think having Travis J at the right position and and getting getting a good look at him. Obviously, that was frustrating. The situation that played out last year where he couldn't play, but everybody recognized his physical uh, attributes and. He looks to, to be a baller, and they, they're really kind of loaded in that secondary, if you believe now sort of the, the momentum that's growing there, and guys are going to play with the right technique. They're going to understand what's asked of them. I think the linebackers are, are exciting. It's been a while since I've been this excited about a defense. I think that's the thing I'm going to lean on if they do play football is how good can this defense really be, and I, I think they can be very good. Well, I think speaking of the linebackers, you know, you wonder they do have some guys coming back that played a ton of football. But they've got some really talented young linebackers, and that's yeah. going to be an interesting decision there. I thought the quote Adam Fuller made, uh, and I included it in a story I did on Jarvis Brownlee, but I think, and he was talking about Jarvis Brownlee, but I think it applies to the whole defense is like an experience is great, but we don't have a lot of winning experience around here. Like yeah. w- that's what we need. We need guys who have experienced success. That's, uh, I think that's, that could be the theme of this preseason camp on defense. Yeah. You know, the more you think about the defense, you wonder, uh, you know, how it's not going to be good, like not great. We don't expect it to be great because they don't have experience being great like you were just talking about. But they they can be – it seems like they have a chance to be dynamic at every level. I think I think we all think Gaynor has a chance to be a player. This is his third year now. Uh, obviously, the defensive line should be good if it holds up and stays healthy. And then the secondary, you know, we don't even uh, – I was talking to Ira about it, I think. Like we haven't even heard anything about Hamsa or Asante. And those are the two main guys coming back. Now, obviously, Hamps is coming back from an injury, but we don't hear anything about Asante. We hear about Jarian Jones. We hear about Miko Dotson, Travis Jay. Um, 
So that, I mean, that really, Jaden Lars would be, apparently is playing pretty well. That really bodes well uh, moving forward because I think you do have a lot of talented depth in that secondary. And as you guys know, because I've said it repeatedly since you've known me, the competition in practice is going to be fierce. And what does iron do, boys? Charmin's you know iron. Yeah. What yeah. I liked was that one of the one of the uh, I think it was one of the transfers maybe that dropped iron sharpens iron. It was the, the Mississippi State kid, one of the Mississippi yeah. State kids. Yeah. And I, I didn't know that, it had made it to Starkville. No, he he got it when he got here, obviously. Oh, but, I thought it had made it to Starkville. Because he he heard about. I mean, it's all over the locker room. Right. It, if you walk in the locker room, it's Iron Sharpens Iron and then Dash Corey, Corey Clark. Corey Clark, yeah. Corey Clark, 2017. You didn't know this. You didn't know this, Corey, but yesterday, in honor of that uh, that slogan, that statement, that quote, and that inspiration, frankly. That motto. Motto. Yeah, motto. Uh, Tom Lang brought it to the Jeff Cameron show yesterday. Woo. Oh, did he really? Yeah, we were talking about the team. We were talking about defense, and he says, well, as Corey has pointed out to us, iron sharpens iron, Jeff, and we just moved forward with it. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it, it, make, it makes so much sense. You wonder why it hasn't caught on around the rest of the country and the world. It's still kind of a Tallahassee-specific saying, yeah. like who like who day for the Bengals. Bengals is it who day or who dat? Who dat? Oh, no. Who dat is the Saints. Saints. Who day is the Bengals, yeah. The yeah, Bengals was, is much dumber. They're both dumb. They're both just I, idiotic sayings. I was in New Orleans for uh, covering a Sugar Bowl. And I was, it was when Houdat had really taken off and we were in Pat O'Brien's and I, and I said to a friend of mine, I was like, what the hell is Houdat? And I just kind of was like making fun of it. And, uh, a Saints fan, Cajun guy right behind you uh, got pissed off. A guy that looked like he could play defensive tackle for the Saints, Ooh. uh, heard me say that and took umbrage. And, uh, it was, it was, it was dicey there for, I thought my night was going to end on the floor of Pat O'Brien's is, for is a reason who, other than the hurricanes. <laughs> is Houdat, is it offensive? In this no. day and age, in this climate. No, 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 no. I don't think. I think. I think. Listen, aren't you making fun of the way Cajun people talk? Oh, they're they're, they're the ones doing it. Yeah, they're the ones doing it. First no, of all, they're not. There's a bunch of white NFL fans in the stands saying who that. This guy was not white. No. I'm saying there are Saints fans that are white that yell who dat at the top yeah, of their lungs. No, no, I, I don't think that. Listen, the Creole people who speak with that twang or with that dialect, dialect. I don't think I don't think they take issue with that at all. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah, but you, you know, so. if you want to go after Louisiana after you go after Arizona, that's fine, Corey. Yeah. Well, the next hour, what, what are we it? doing in Louisiana too? Why is that a state? When did we purchase that thing? When did we purchase that bad boy? It's a beautiful <laughs> state. We'll Tom, oh, no, I love it. I was just kidding. Uh, New Orleans is awesome. Yeah. Shreveport. Look, Shreveport could be annexed and just be a territory. But I'm fine New with Orleans, that. I do also like Baton Rouge. So uh, there's yeah, my I do too. Yeah, I yeah. like Baton Rouge. If yeah. we, what if what if we just call Shreveport uh, Arizona? Shreveport Arizona. <laughs> and yeah, just, just ship it out to Arizona. Just, That's not bad. Out, yeah. You've been purchased by Arizona, and so from now on, you'll be Shreveport, Arizona. Yeah, all your mail is going to come. to There's, If we have mail anymore, it's going to come to Arizona. It's going to be Shreveport, Arizona. Can we do that? Is it St. Charles right there? Is that another place there that we can move? I think you have to drive through there as you go into Texas, mm-hmm. and it's shaky. It's very shaky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there are a little side-of-the-road casinos by gas stations there that I appreciate. There, like you know, there are pockets in Louisiana. Yeah, like, yeah. if you saw True Detective Season 1, <laughs> no, no part you want to be near. No, don't I, you could say that about any state, right? We're not gonna, we're not here Especially to rip so states. Especially so in Louisiana. Oh, we're, we're, we're definitely here to rip states. Well, you know, we have Louisiana listeners probably. I want you to know that we, we, we value you. 
I actually love uh, Louisiana. I'm not ripping Louisiana. There are so parts of Louisiana that are, are shaky, but I'm just saying. Now, now, South Carolina, we can we can talk about South Carolina for Kentucky, a while. Mississippi, keep going, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> well, Kentucky's got Louisville, though. There's Louisville's plenty. a cool city. Uh, it's an all right city. Uh, hour two headliner questions forthcoming. Hang in. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. 